Welcome to Your Best You Today, the online radio show that uncovers the hidden truths and dispels the myths about food, nutrition, and exercise for anyone of any age. Every day you make dozens of decisions that will either have a positive or negative impact on your health. Join naturopathic doctor Kevin Jackson along with Rob Heppel to learn how you can start making your best you today. Welcome back to the Your Best You Today show. I'm your host, Rob Heppel, joined with health expert, Dr. Kevin Jackson. Dr. Kevin is a naturopathic doctor who's been helping people find natural solutions to health issues for over 25 years. With the Your Best You Today online radio show, we're going to dive into common health issues and explore natural solutions to them. Last week, we were talking about carbohydrates and really focused on fibers. And in this episode, we're going to dive even deeper and look into starches and sugars, especially when you're looking at the nutritional facts on the back of those packages when you're at the grocery store. So welcome back to this episode, Dr. Kevin, and let's just get right to it. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, we were we talked about the fiber and how important it is um, last time. You know, that's uh, a really the most important part of the carbohydrates that we eat, I would have to say. Um, and the other two pieces of carbohydrates, aside from fiber, are starches and sugars. Now, what are starches? I mean, starch is a form of carbohydrate that basically consists of long strings of glucose units joined by glycosidic bonds, so special bonds between glucose. So, you know, what I liken it to, Rob, is, um, you know, if you think of a pearl necklace and the, the pearls are the sugar molecules, then the starch is just is just the, the pearl necklace. And if you cut the string on the necklace, all the pearls fall off. So in other words, if you cut or break down the bonds between the pearls, you're just left with the pearls. So in other words, starch converts into sugar very quickly. And it's an important piece of information because we often talk about sugars and how much sugar there is in a product, but usually the amount of starch is not listed on the packaging. Uh, it'll just tell you in the total amount of carbohydrates, um, and it'll be included in that, but it doesn't tell you how much starch is there. And so, you know, a good example is, you know, if, if we look at, uh, there's a product here that we're looking at. It's got nutritional facts on the back. And it says carbohydrates, 10 grams. And then it says fiber, zero grams, sugar, zero grams. So many people would look at that and go, zero sugar, this is great. The problem is it's got 10 grams of carbohydrates. It's got one gram of protein and it's got zero grams of fat. So it's basically, um, you know, it's 90 over 90% carbohydrates, and that 90% is all starch. So what does that mean? Well, what it means is that once we eat all that starch, in a very short time after in ingesting it, it's going to convert to sugar, and it's going to increase our blood sugars um, much the way sugar does. Now, it, there's a little bit of time involved in that breakdown period, but the bottom line is it's going to convert to sugar quite quickly, 
in most cases, and in this particular product is going to probably be very quick in converting into sugar. So we have to take a look at these uh, labels and look for the starch and try to ascertain how much starch there is. So basically you take your total carbohydrates, you subtract your sugars, and you subtract your um, fiber from that, and that's going to tell you how much starch, which in effect is like sugar. So for people out there who are trying to avoid carbohydrates because of the sugar starch issue, you have to kind of figure out for yourself how much starch there is. So, and in this package, um, <clears throat> it's saying here, um, you know, all natural, non-GMO, gluten-free, you know, it includes corn and quinoa and flax. That's rice-free, so, I think, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and rice-free. Yeah. So, like, it's looking like that is going to be a great nutritional option versus a lot of the other things that are out there. Now, maybe this is better than some of the alternatives, but as you've just explained, like, basically it's 90-plus percent starch. That's it. You know, and, and the thing is, I mean, it, because it's organic and it's, uh, and it's you know, non-GMO and it's gluten-free, I mean, that's going to certainly appeal to a lot of people out there who are gluten intolerant or who are trying to eat more healthily by avoiding um, genetically modified foods. Um, so from that perspective, this is a better option. But, you know, if one is trying to watch their carbohydrate intake, uh, then this is, a, this is a food that they're going to want to be beware of because, you know, it's, um, it's certainly not a healthy thing for someone who is uh, trying to regulate their blood sugar levels because this is going to increase their blood sugar levels in relatively short order after eating it. Well, it's kind of like, you know, what the probably the thing that gets me heated up the most is you look at the uh, Twizzlers, you know, the red licorice, and plastered right across it, fat-free. Yeah. It's, you know, so, you know, people who are thinking, well, I need to make a healthy option and I need a treat. Oh, look, the, you know, the red licorice, it's fat-free. Yeah, but they don't say like how they're not. It doesn't say loaded with sugar or loaded with starch. It's so true, Rob. You know, and and this is the thing. You know, for the last forty years or so, we've been low fat, no fat, reduced fat, and we have more people who are obese, uh, morbidly and otherwise, than ever before. And the reason for it is that you know we it used to be believed that fat was the enemy. Fat is the the horrible thing. Um, for us all to ingest because it only makes sense that if you eat fat, you become fat. And that's just not based in science. That is not true. Like you are what you eat, as they right. say. Right. And so that, that's a knee-jerk reaction that, you know, you eat fat, therefore it makes you fat. Um, now, fat contains more calories than protein, than equal amounts of protein or carbohydrates. And calories are a player in, the, in this thing that we're talking about, this picture of health. But fat tends to satiate you. Fat does not affect blood sugar levels. And so the right kind of fats are actually extremely healthy for you, and they actually prevent diabetes and, you know, insulin resistance and hypoglycemia and blood sugar dysregulation. So, you know, fat really has got a bad name over the years. Trans fats 
Absolutely, they're poisons. They are horrendous things to put into your body. But you know, many thing, many companies are now forced um, to actually label uh, trans fats, the amount of trans fats, and and since that's happened, actually. Trans fats are difficult to find in foods now. So now that the manufacturers know that people are watching for it, they've taken them out and they've, and they've come up with better alternatives. Like not saying starch on their nutritional facts. Right. They hide that because it's, they can, if, they, if it's not a simple sugar, I'm assuming, you know, so I'm just a layperson here, Kev. So if they're saying, if like if it's not listed as a sugar, so if it's a complex sugar or a starch, it doesn't look like they need to like itemize that out. So That's if right. it was a tax department, they'd want a line item, but this is just marketers trying for us to buy their stuff. And somehow, you know, it, it is compensated in the overall total of the total, uh, you know, grams of the uh, carbohydrates, but you know, it's only itemizing here, fiber and sugars. That's not- it. Exactly. And so they've done a great job in marketing their product because a lot of people are going to look at that and go, no sugars, this is good for me. Um, and they're not taking into account the, the starch, which is soon going to convert to sugar in their body and cause them, in effect, the same problems as if they were eating sugar. Now, obviously, there's slight differences there, but in the big picture, we're talking, you know, basically the same thing. So, yeah, I think that's, that's, it's really important, um, you know, to, uh, and so the other point I was going to make too is, you know, since we've, cut fat or reduced fat out of our diet, that really only leaves two other things that we fill in for the fat with. So if you cut out fat, then you have to either increase your carbohydrate or your protein intake. And most people only eat so much protein in a day. So when you dump the fat, you increase the carbohydrates, which is the starch, fiber, and sugar. And in many cases, not a lot of fiber. So that means more sugars in one form or another, which then, you know, as we spoke about a few episodes ago um, regarding sugar and its effect on human health, uh, some really nasty things start happening to the human body when you jack your sugar levels and obesity and uh, weight gain are certainly a big part in um, in those factors. So, you know, so, it, well, hold on. So let's just kind of focus on that for a sec. So the whole non-fat, like low fat, like when we see like reduced fat stuff, Basically, we should just translate that to, because it's probably, they're not injecting protein into that. So it, if, if it's look like the more they reduce in the fat, the, the more they're increasing in the sugar. Or carbohydrates in some form. Exactly. Yeah. And that's typically what you say. So you're, you're going to see that out there right across the board. So, you know, when people say to me, oh, you know, um, I eat you know, low-fat yogurt, the first thing I typically say to them, assuming that they don't have a problem with dairy products, um, is no, eat the full fat. Eat the high fat, the highest fat yogurt you can find because you're going to find that you can eat, you'll eat less of it and you'll feel full. And you won't, you won't want to eat for a longer period of time thereafter as well. Because the fat, as you said earlier, is satiating you and making exactly. you feel that. And you're not getting that from the sugars. Absolutely. In fact, you know, I think we touched on it a little bit in in one of the sugar episodes is that, you know, actually after a certain point of prolonged sugar exposure over a number of years, sugar actually increases your appetite 
and increases your craving for other carbohydrate and sugar foods. So it does the opposite of fat in, in those situations. Now, initially, when you're 10 to 20 years old, that typically doesn't happen. But as you're exposed to more and more sugar through your life, then these are some of the symptoms that we typically see. So uh, some foods that are high in starch. Let's just, just to give people an example, a few examples of foods that have a lot of starch in them. And they're not going to have sugars per se, but again, these, these starches are going to convert to sugar. So corn flour. Corn flour is 92% starch. So, you know, most people look at something, it's got corn flour, and they think of that as being quite innocuous. Well, not the case. Raw oatmeal is about 65% starch. Rye flour is 76% starch. Soy flour, uh, preferably non-GMO, is only 12% starch. Uh, wheat flour, 67% starch. Um, and that's the brown wheat uh, flour. Uh, the white wheat flour is 76%. Brown rice, 80%. Okay, so, okay. And sorry for interrupting no, you. But, so I'm at the restaurant. I'm going out. I'm trying to make a better, healthier option. So I'm getting a steak, and I'm not going to get French fries. Good. So I order brown rice. Yeah. Am I, like, should I just have the fries, or or are both <laughs> options bad? Should I just say, hold the carbs, give me the salad? Give me the broccoli, and give me an extra, you know, hit on the asparagus and the the grilled green peppers, um, you know, or, or you know, the side salad. Um, absolutely better options because, you know, those things, lots of fiber and uh, good quality nutritional uh, components. Um, whereas, you know, if you just get the brown rice, you know, people think brown rice is really healthy for them. Um, it's got a little bit of fiber in it, which is good, which the, the white rice doesn't have to speak of. Um, so it's got some fiber, but it's still a bunch of carbohydrates and predominantly starch. So, yeah, so that's, that's just something you want to try and avoid. And, um, you know, most people think the opposite. They think, you know, geez, I'm, I'm doing really good things for myself and my family. We're eating a lot of brown rice, but, you know, things like, um, you know, black eyed beans, they're about 47% starch. Uh, French beans are about 1% starch. Uh, chickpeas around 44%, um, kidney beans around 38%, soybeans uh, around 5%, and broad beans around 10% starch. So, you know, as far as the uh, the vegetables go, those are some better options. And, you know, like nuts, you know, say hazelnuts are 2%, macadamia nuts are 1% starch, uh, pecans 1.5%, uh, peanuts 6%. Pistachios, 2.5%. Walnuts, 1%. Sunflower seeds, 16%. So you can see that nuts and seeds, very low in starch. Not a lot of sugar there. Um, more fats and um, and some protein. So really better options. Um, and then some other things, um, you know, uh, yams are about 32%. Um, potatoes around 17%. Now, having said that potatoes are only 17%, they've got more sugars in them, but, you know, it's just something to, to be aware of that there's a lot of starch in these foods out there that we kind of eat on a regular basis. And you can kind of understand why, you know, with decades after decade of eating these kind of foods that they kind of catch up to you 
and eventually cause some problems. Okay, so I got to stop you here. So when when I'm at the restaurant and you know I don't want to eat the Doctor Kevin uh, like grilled asparagus and all that stuff, and I want to I'm choosing between like French fries or yam fries. Yam fries aren't that much healthier. Like from looking at this, you know, uh, potatoes are half of what yam fries are in starch. It's true. It's true um, that they are. But, you know, we're going to talk about glycemic index in a minute. And that's, you know, that that changes things up a little bit. So there's, there's you know, we have to look at not only just the amount of starch, but the amount of sugars in there. And then because of the way the starches are made and because of how much sugar there is, how quickly do these things actually convert into sugar in our bloodstream? And that's a pretty important piece of the puzzle. So it's not just about, you know, how much starch sugar there is, um, fiber and proteins. All these things play a role together to determine how quickly um, each food converts to sugar in our body. And that's called glycemic index. So, you know, glycemic index, um, just a measurement. Uh, Most of you probably heard of this. It's a measurement of how quickly a food is going to convert into um, sugar in our body compared to to glucose. So glucose is given a rating of 100 or 100%. So it converts completely into glucose. It is glucose. And then other foods are compared. So a baked potato... Has a, has a glycemic index of about 95. So it has 95% of the effect of just eating straight glucose. Um, French fries, about 95. Same thing. So, you know, that's, that's not a good thing. If we go down to mashed potatoes, it's about 90. Um, so still big numbers. Potato chips, 90. Honey, 85. Uh, cooked carrots, 85. Cornflakes, 85. Popcorn, 85. So these are, you know, rice cakes, puffed rice, all 85. Pumpkins around 75. Watermelon, 75. So, you know, there's a lot of foods that um, we think of as maybe being healthy options. Um, but when you look at how quickly they're converting into, into sugar in your body, because of their composition, and that has to do with the fiber, fat, protein, starch, and sugar content, and how quickly our body has the ability to convert them into sugar. And obviously, if we convert foods into sugar very quickly, we get a sudden blood sugar spike. If we do it over a long period of time, we get a a very minimal increase in our blood sugar. And that's a good thing. That's what we really want in the big picture here. So, you know, some of the things that are, um, you know, very low on the list as far as glycemic index goes, uh, you know, peanuts, Soy products, split peas, lentils, um, soy vermicelli, um, green beans, most of the fruits, the, the, the fresh fruits like the berries and that kind of thing, chickpeas, um, uh, the raw carrots. Raw carrots, interestingly enough, have a glycemic index of 30, whereas the um, cooked carrots have a uh, glycemic index of 85. And Okay, yeah, you need to, let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, and that's a really important thing. And this is, you know, something I often talk to patients about because um, on some of my diets, it'll say, you know, 
you can't have any cooked carrots, but you can have as many raw carrots as you want. And the reason is that if you cook your carrots, and most people, um, you know, if they cook their carrots till they're soft, um, carrots contain a lot of fiber. There's a lot of woody material in carrots. As you know, if you eat a raw carrot, you know, it's hard to chew and to masticate, to break it down. Um, And so it gives your jaw a workout. But if you try chewing on some boiled carrots that have been boiled for, you know, for an hour or so, or, you know, something you'd find in a soup, for example, that converts to sugar very quickly because um, all that woody material and fiber has been broken down um, so that your body can easily separate the sugars away from it very quickly. When you eat a raw carrot, the opposite is the case. I mean, it's like eating wood, basically, and it takes your digestive system a long time to separate out the sugars And as a result, there's a very tiny, gradual increase in your blood sugar compared to eating the heavily boiled carrots. Now, what I tell people is if you like to steam your carrots or you like to cook your carrots, then then cook them al dente, which means cook them so they're crunchy. And as long as they're crunchy, then the glycemic index still stays low. So, So glycemic index is a great way of looking at um, foods and how they're going to convert to sugar in your uh, bloodstream and and how long, you know, if, they, if they're a high number. Basically, I like to use, again, just a, a rule of thumb, anything above 50, really not a good thing. Uh, and th- most things below 50, and there are certainly some exceptions that I would never recommend, like fructose is, is below 50, but I don't recommend it to anybody because it's, uh, you know, just a form of sugar. Um, fructose converts to glucose in the body very, very quickly, uh, or in a relatively short order, I should say. It still ends up forming glucose, all of it, pretty well. So it's not cut and dried, but, you know, glycemic index as a rule of thumb, if you look at the list, it's going to give you some pretty good indicators as to foods you you should avoid um and you know there we're going to be talking about other ways of evaluating foods so this is one way to evaluate them and depending upon your health concerns um you may need to evaluate them in in more than just this one way and we'll be talking about some of those other things in future episodes so when you know when we're looking at the you know glycemic index this is obviously this is like really important for people who are diabetic and and that but on or but it but we can extrapolate from the same list for people who are wanting to lose weight um, because really from what from what I'm learning here is this is just sugar conversion absolutely that's that's in in a nutshell that that kind of that narrows it down right there and you know I think the as I said, there are other factors too um, to take a look at. But you know, if we if you just need to look at a list to give you some sort of uh, fast guidelines as to what generally we should be eating more of and what we should be eating less of, those foods above fifty we should eat less of, and those below fifty generally we could probably eat more of. And again, there are a few exceptions, and we'll be talking about those in other episodes. Um, so. You know, for a person who wants to lose weight, that's generally of benefit. Uh, again, there are a few exceptions to that. And we'll talk about those uh, in other episodes. But um, and just to be healthier, 
and to if you're hypoglycemic or if you have blood sugar issues, uh, this is going to be a benefit to you to, to, to use this as a, as a relatively simple guideline. Well, Kev, this has been really eye-opening because, you know, the, the one package that we were referring to in this uh, episode was something that we recently bought uh, and thought, you know what, this is a healthy snack. And we now think, of, you know, with, um, with half of our family having uh, uh, glycemic issues and sugar issues, uh, I can wonder, I now know that, hey, like, if you think this is a healthy snack and it's going to, like, curb your diet and, you know, this is spiking insulin, this is why we're getting erratic behavior from children, why um, we won't go into any more details, but it's just uh, where, like, what I, what I never really realized before was, sure, we have to see what the components are and then let's let's compare them against the other ones and, you know, compare it against fat and the protein as well as, as the carbohydrates, as you, as you've talked about in the last couple episodes. So, um, this has been, this has been great because I think some of the other things, you know, we've learned a lot about those over time, right? We've learned about sugars in general and Mm -hmm. carbs in general, but when we, and that's great from a, um, you know, from a knowledge perspective, but when we're in the store faced with a buying decision and we're looking at things and it's got plastered all over it, rice free, fat free, cholesterol free, you know, organic, non GMO, like, you know, but there should be another thing is this is going to spike your insulin like crazy. But they don't leave that. They don't put that on there. And it's never going to be on there. Let me assure you. And 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 that's the you know that's the thing that we all have to be so aware of is this proprietary interest. And so people are going to make their uh, people who are manufacturing foods are going to typically appeal to uh, to people by making their product look as good as it possibly can um, in the particular market that they're trying to. Um, uh, you know, push towards, and this is a classic example of it right here. And uh, I think you know, hopefully, some of uh, our listeners uh, can use this information to make some choices and to help them make some better choices with foods um, for themselves and their family. Well, and one of the upcoming episodes that we're going to do is we're actually going to go on a uh, shopping uh, excursion to Costco. Because I think uh, Costco kind of transcends uh, borders, and a lot of people go there. And and you know, one great thing about Costco is they're really amping the game of having a lot of um, organic, um, gluten-free, non-GMO off um, food offerings. But as we've just found out today, they're still even those with all those labels aren't safe. So. Certainly, uh, some of them aren't, and you know, but you know, obviously, they are bringing in some things. And we were talking about some other products, which we will uh, get into more specifically in a future episode. Um, but you know, so the, so it's a matter. There are some great choices, and there are some um, not so great choices. And I think um, it'd be it'd be I think uh, wonderful to spend a little time looking at specific foods and uh, helping uh, our listeners, you know, make some choices for themselves. Uh, that are going to be, you know, positive. 
Well, Kev, this has been great as always. Um, and again, I think this is one of the most enlightening ones that we've done so far, just because it's really getting into more of the granular stuff. And I think people are really going to start to understand what, uh, uh, some, some of the insights that you're, that you're sharing. So if you found this, uh, this helpful, uh, please share it with a friend, uh, Give us a, um, a rating on iTunes. Go to the, uh, just click on the iTunes uh, logo right beside this podcast. Or if you're listening to your, on your uh, mobile device, you can just click and, and give us a review. We'd, we'd love that. And, uh, and if it's really helping you out, we'd love to hear any success stories, how you've maybe changed some of the, your uh, nutritional habits, uh, leading, uh, you know, we're now, uh, seven, eight episodes in. And, um, and if you're, if you're finding that it's helping you share it with a friend, uh, we'd love to help as many people as we can. And if you have any questions, um, directly related to what we're speaking of today or things that are completely different or outside the realm of what we're speaking about, uh, please feel free to, uh, email us and we'll be doing some Q and a, um, uh, episodes in the future and we'll try to get to all your questions and that is at questions at your thanks a lot for listening and we'll talk to you real soon this has been another episode of your best you today with dr kevin jackson and rob heppel where they tackle nutritional topics so that you can become your best you today to ask a question or leave a comment visit the website at www.yourbestyoutoday.com. Make sure that you never miss another episode by subscribing to this podcast for free on iTunes.